2023. I don't know about all of you, but those short weeks, they just fly by, don't they? Try to get five days into four. Man, it was crazy busy this week. Blinked and it was Friday, which was a good thing. I think uh, Brother Mark hit all the announcements this morning. Um, so come back tonight at five and we'll talk about Sunday Night Fellowship. Nick, you got to stop saying training union. That's the old name. Come on. I'm just kidding. You're good. Sunday Night Fellowship. Just, there's so many different things we could get into. Bible studies, life lessons. I mean, we've even talked a little bit about having some financial lessons. Um, so just come back and, and put your input into that tonight and we'll, we'll go from there. Um, anybody with a special song this morning? Nobody's jumping up. Did everybody enjoy the screens? I think we finally... Good job, Daniel. We finally might have figured something out. So hopefully, hopefully we won't keep going. <laughs> What do you do? Amen. Amen. There we go. There we go. All right. If you got your Bibles, we'll be over in 1 Peter chapter 2 this morning. Does anybody remember what last week was about? Anybody that was here? Colossians chapter 3. Huh? Colossians chapter 3. Nope. Commitment. Commitment. What was the, the first thing I said that we're going to focus on in 2023? Spiritual maturity. Hey, and oh, by the way, we got somebody here with us that's really old. She just had a 50th birthday. Give her a hand. We'll get you something to walk with next week. I had my 48, so you got a couple on me. And Amanda's still older than me, so that's good. 
So as we said, we've, we've been praying and studying and, you know, for the, the goals of this year. I've really been, been asking God to give us direction. And just the, the focus is just to start growing closer and closer to Him. And I really believe that's what we as a church should always be doing. But that's just kind of where I'm at and, you know, where, God's, where God has me is just spiritual maturity. Like I said last week, the, the commitments versus the resolution. Let's start committing to those things. In fact, me and Amanda went through and we committed to some stuff this year. I'm actually going to be nicer this year, believe it or not. Now, I did forget to post my measurements on Facebook, so forgive me. You won't see that, by the way. But we did say, you know, the biggest thing is don't give up. Kind of like what John said at the end of the service last week. We're going to mess up. We're going to forget to read our Bible one day. We're going, to, we're going to eat a bad meal like we did last night. We had dessert. You're going to have that. Just don't give up. Keep going. And the same thing with all this. Just don't give up. Like I said, hopefully some have actually made some commitments that will help us get closer and closer and closer to Him. Because that's really what we should be doing. Becoming more like Him. Reading and studying. Just getting in His Word. It's a shame that us Christians deny getting in His Word. As much as we should. Because once we're saved, we're His. And how, how can we know what's expected if we're not in His Word? The answers to life are in His Word. We should be in there. Committing to this church. Same thing, like I said tonight. Come back. Being an engaged member. And loving and forgiving like He loved and forgave us. And you know, He deserves our very best. What He done for us on the cross. He deserves our very best. But this message goes right along with it. So we'll read, we'll read a few verses here and then follow the Lord. The title this morning, I don't know if Daniel's got it up, Growing. Growing. So 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at the first verse. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And we'll stop right there for right now. You know, just kind of been thinking again about growth and growing. And you know, it's, it's natural for all of us to grow. It's natural for kids to grow. It's natural for you to grow in your, you know, what you do, your profession, your work. In fact, I had some conversations a few weeks ago about people that weren't growing in their work. You guys had that, right? Um, but I mean, you know, think about it. If, if a kid's not growing, you know, you're going to go visit the doctor and see what's going on. I mean, what's the, has anybody seen the show where the girls, I don't know, she, I think she's in her 20s or 30s or something and she's real little. I'm sure my mom's seen it, but she's not here. My mom's a TV buff. There you go. So, you know, it's, if you're not growing, there's something, something going on. <clears throat> but, you know, there's so many different issues and all that. But it's the same thing with Christianity. It all starts with salvation. It all starts with being saved, converted, whatever you want to call it. But if you're not growing after that, something's wrong. Something's wrong. It shouldn't be that way. It all starts with that, though. It starts with accepting Him. That relationship. And after salvation, there should be spiritual growth. What's the process called? Sanctification. It's a lifelong process of growing and getting closer and closer to Him. What is it? I was saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. It's not going to stop until the end. Uh Uh-oh, my bad. (laughs) 
I'm an idiot. <laughs> Daniel can't fix that. <laughs> oh, man. Pretty good stuff. You never know what you're going to get here, right? But just to help us get closer and closer to him and to set us apart from the world. That's really what the focus should be, to make us holy like he's holy. And, you know, I was thinking that doesn't just magically happen when you're saved. You know, some people think, well, I, get, I got saved and I'm good for Jesus. I'm going to sit here until Jesus comes back. Well, what good's that going to do? It's not magically going to happen. It takes work. What's the Bible say about salvation? To work it out with fear and trembling. But God will help you. Again, don't give up. If you haven't grown, if you haven't matured in Christ since salvation, again, something's wrong. Something is absolutely wrong. It was never meant to get saved and go home and stick it on the shelf. That was never the intention of salvation. That was never the intention at all. We are saved to a good work. It's a process. It's a process. Ephesians chapter 4 kind of goes right along with this, talking about uh, you know, putting off the, the old self. Let me flip over there real quick. I love that scripture. It goes right along with it. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at the 22nd verse. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Goes right along with that. We are to resemble Christ in our very lives. The problem is we want to get saved and still hold on to this self because we like it. We want to be in control. We want to make all the decisions. That's not how salvation is supposed to be. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, He takes over your life. He takes over everything, or He should. Like Brother Tony's preach, He's either Lord and Savior, or He's neither. He's neither. And that's important. It's important to know. There's a lot of people out there that got it wrong. They just think, well, I can just go to church, or I can just open the Bible, or I can do this. Grandma did this stuff. Where did that stuff come from? Well, Grandma was saved, so I'm good. My grandpa was a preacher. Surely I'm good. And he was. But it came down to me. It came down to I had to make the decision to follow Christ. And when I was nine years old, he called me. He called me. I was sitting right back there at the old church. And Sister Helen came up to me, put her arm around me and said, Son, do you need to be saved? And I'm just like, can you imagine a nine-year-old kid like, this lady's crazy. But she knew exactly what I needed to hear. She knew exactly what I needed to hear. And it all started there with salvation. Spiritual growth, spiritual maturity, it's a process. But it takes work. I, you know, I really feel like 
We put so much effort into everything else in our lives except for this. Except for this. Why is that? You know, we, we come to church and we might sit here an hour or two on Sunday mornings and then we just go out and live like the rest of the world. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to be at all. And that's really where, where Peter's going here. Kind of the same stress in that to, to the church. These are born again believers he's telling this to. So put away. So put away. I think the King James there says, wherefore laying aside. That's talking about getting rid of that. Put it away. Obviously there were some issues with Christians. (laughs) We don't know that at all, do we? There were some issues with Christians who were struggling with this stuff. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. We don't struggle with that at all, do we? Oh no, that's bad stuff. That's for bad people. That's for sinners. Folks, we're all sinners. Saved by grace. Every one of us mess up. Every single one of us. But it's it's about getting rid of that old self and letting Christ show through. That's really what it's about. Getting rid of that old selfish nature that describes our life before Christ. Well, I wasn't a bad person. I never did anything wrong. I never did anything to hurt anybody. That might be true. But you know deep down you're bad. You know it. Just watch little kids. Like Casey and Howie crack me up. You can just tell we were born into sin by watching them. (laughs) I still love them though. Mine. Or one of them crack the other one over the head. Like, why'd you do that? We're selfish. We want it. We want it our way. Jason wanted to stay the night last night, didn't you, Jace? But he didn't tell us. Then he got mad. We want it our way. I love you too, by the way, Jace. But because of salvation, we are to be new. We are to be a new creation in Christ. That old self is supposed to go away. And like I said, we like to hang on to it. We like, we like doing things our way, don't we? We like that stuff that we used to get into. Or you have the opposite of it where someone's saved and then they're going out banging everybody over the head. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. Yet they're still doing it. That's where the hypocrite stuff comes into play. But putting on Christ. Putting on Christ. But again, we want to be in control. We want to make all the decisions. It's what we want to do, not what he wants us to do. You ever thought about that? If we ever actually changed our mentalities to, to do what Christ wanted us to do, how different would things be? How different would, how different would things be? I think it would be pretty awesome, to be honest with you. If we actually got ourselves completely out of the way and followed Him, I think things would be unreal. I really do. You know, we always talk about the church growing and all that stuff. You know, honestly, the focus for me is for us to grow in Christ and the rest will be taken care of. Amen. Because as a follower of Christ, if we're committed, like I said last week, 
We'll be going and doing the things we're supposed to be doing by inviting people and, and telling people about Jesus. It'll take care of itself. <laughs> oh, but we want a thousand people here. No, we don't. That's more problems I got to no, kidding. <laughs> Let's focus on us. Being who Jesus wants us to be. And he'll take care of the rest. Won't he? Do we have that trust that he would take care of the rest? I do. I absolutely do. <clears throat> malice. Saying take off malice. What is malice? But have, you guys can actually talk to about it. You guys have to get used to this stuff. What is malice? Lindsay's not here. My English major's not here. It's like a wickedness, right? Like a wickedness. Being bad. Intention or desire to do evil. But you know, really, a lot of times in the Bible, it would refer to someone as that if they just didn't know God. Kind of the same deal. Not that you're necessarily wicked, but you don't know God, so you're a sinner. That's what it would it would kind of refer to those kind of people or an inclination to be like to live like the world but again as a Christian we have a higher standard of living brother Roger always says it we are to be a peculiar people we are to be different from the world the world should see us and wonder what's up right like something's up with you something's different about you they might not know that we're a Christian but they should know something different because we don't get in all that other foolishness. The problem is we do. And they're like, yeah, they're no different than we are. Why would I want to go walk in those doors? They're no different. They're no different. So put off malice. <clears throat> the Bible also says to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Anybody know where that's at in the Bible? Romans. There you go. Joe's got it. There you go. Or again, do we just come to church for an hour every week to check a box and then go out the rest of the week and live like everyone else? That's easy to do, isn't it? It's harder to live how Christ wants us to live. But again, it comes back to that spiritual maturity. That's where God's taken it. And we all need to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to be who He wants us to be. It's time to take that sin seriously. It's time to take repentance seriously. Repent. You know, it's fun. Think about this. If you struggle with something and you repent, and you keep doing it over and over, and you keep asking for forgiveness over and over and over, that's not repentance. Is it? Repentance is turning from it with God's help to not do it again. That selfish, sinful nature likes to show up, doesn't it? Let's actually repent of our sin and ask God to help us turn from it. I've done that. I've been on my knees before like, God, you've got to get me out of this situation. And He did. He did. We all mess up. Every single one of us mess up. But it's nowhere to go to fix it. 
is the key. That's what's important. That's what's important. We want to go watch Dr. Phil and Oprah. Folks, we got the answer. He's up there. We just got to talk to him. We got to take the time to get away from ourselves and go to be with him in private. We don't do that either. We wake up and go through our daily routine of us. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. If I didn't talk to a man all day, wouldn't you think there's something up with us? It's the same thing with God. He wants us to talk to Him. He wants us to love others. But again, we're going to mess up. We're going to fall short, every single one of us. Aren't we? What do you do after that? What do you do after that? Deceit. It says put off all deceit. What is deceit? I can't even see. <clears throat> Deceiving. I think the King James uses the word guile. Deceiving for personal gain. We know anybody like that? Deceiving people for personal gain. I sure do. Or looking, well, this goes into the hypocrisy thing too. They gotta go together. Or looking and acting like a Christian to get what you want. Or to fit in. Deceiving others. I think the definition, I'm trying to find it here, is sly or cunning intelligence. <clears throat> you know, I was just thinking about all that stuff, and it's like, you might be able to fool us, but you can't fool God. Yeah. You can't fool God. You might come here week after week after week after week and look like the best Christian there is, and I better not do my hands anymore, I'm going to throw that off. But you're not fooling God. You might dress nice, you might wear your suit and tie. I didn't wear a tie today. You might sit in the front row and shout hallelujah and raise your hands and do everything else. But if it's not right with you and God, He knows it. We might not, but He does. He knows it. Hypocrisy. You know, honestly, I believe if every one of us were honest, there's some hypocrisy in every one of us. There's some hypocrisy in every single one of us. Anybody else learn how to write that? Hypocrite? I don't know why. It just popped in my mind. That's how I remember how to spell it correctly. Hypocrite. But every one of us have issues like that. But I think this is different. I think this is talking about somebody who's acting in a certain way. Don't you? Again, I think God knows our heart. God knows where we're at. It's more about deception. I think it's acting is the word that it goes, goes back to in the Hebrew. To be an actor or something like that. But it's only for show. Someone that's totally faking. Again, deceptive for personal gain. No substance. Not being sincere. You ever talk to somebody and you just can tell that they're just not being sincere? I had, we had a, I don't really like going to work, but we had... We had a guy in the last couple of weeks that, you know, he's been having all these issues. And I'm on the phone with him and I'm like, he really sounds sincere. 
He really does, and he must be an expert at it. Because come to find out later that he's been playing the game of not wanting to work. But he really sounded sincere. But have you ever seen those people that just, you could just tell something wasn't right. And this isn't a knock on anybody, but used car salesmen. Sometimes you can just tell something's not right. They're not telling me something. Sadly, there's some Christians that act that way. Or they look like Christians. We don't know for sure, but God does. God does. But He knows. He knows if you're engaged. He knows if you're committed. He knows. You might, again, you might fool us, but you're not fooling Him at all. But Peter says to put it away. Then envy and slander. Put them away. Envy. Jealousy. Wanting what everyone else has. Oh boy, I really want that boat. Or I really want that car. I tell you what, my son, and I can talk about him because he's not here. You know, he's got this truck and he comes to me every other day with another picture of another truck. He's like, Dad, why don't you take mine? And I'll get this one. I'm like, dude, just be happy with your truck. Why do we want everything that everybody else has? <laughs> don't tell him I said that. But it's, it's the same thing. You know, I've heard this so many times. You know, kids growing up, they see you know, what their parents have that they've put into for 40, 50 years. And like, as soon as they get married, like, I gotta have that, I gotta have that, I gotta have that, I gotta have that. No, you don't. And in fact, it could all be going away like that. There's a family we know in Charleston lost everything in the house fire. I, I don't know if it was over Christmas or what. They lost everything. It could be gone like that. The question for you is, how would you react to that? How would you react if everything was gone? Like Job, he lost everything. Lost his family, lost everything. What did his wife tell him? Curse God and die. He's, oh lady, you're a fool. I've got Jesus. And that's all I need. You know, I've, I've thought about that. If something were to happen where all my family was taken away, all my stuff was taken away, it could happen. It could happen. How would I react? Would I blame God? Like so many people want to do for everything. We don't believe in God, but we want to blame Him for everything. Or would I just fall on my knees and say, you know what, Lord? They were all saved. I'll see Him again one day. All I need is You. Yeah. I'm sure it would be tough. I hope it never happens, but it could. People die all the time. We never know what our last breath will be doing. That's why it's important to get this stuff right. Because you never know. You never know when your last breath's going to be. You never know. And it breaks my heart. It'd be tough. But again, Jesus is all we need. Verse 2 there. Like newborn infants. 
Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Desire that, sense, that sincere milk of the word. That desire. It's talking about man's deepest longing for God. And I love how it goes into that next verse there where it talks about if you have tasted that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We have tasted that the Lord is good. But then we don't want to go back and taste it again. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. We had apple crisp last night. Boy, every time she makes it, I want to go back and get more because it's delicious. <laughs> Denise knows what I'm talking about. It's the same thing with the Lord. If He is good and He tastes good, have at it. Why are we not going that direction? Why are we not getting in His Word? Why are we not talking to Him? Because He deserves it. He's good. He's good. You know, as a child of God, we should have a passion to get to know Him more. We should have a passion to get in His Word. We should have a passion to dive in. We should have a passion to get into the church and do what we can do as His child. We should also have a passion to reach outside this church and show people Jesus. Because otherwise, they're never going to see it, are they? We should have a passion for all that. We should use every effort, every bit of effort we can to get closer and closer and closer to Him. Because at the end of the day, when this world's over, is any of that other stuff going to matter? Is it, is it going to matter? Is how big your house going to matter? Is how shiny your car? You should see my car. It's a filthy mess. Amanda's like, we need to go through the car wash. Is it going to matter? Is it going to matter if you're home every Sunday cutting the grass or playing golf or whatever? None of that's going to matter. It's going to come down to, do you have a relationship with Jesus? That's really what it comes down to. All of it. It starts with a relationship with Him. And then it goes the rest of your life getting closer and closer and closer to Him. And we should actually start looking like Him. We should resemble Christ to the world. I have heard that before. The longer you are with your spouse, that you actually start looking alike. I don't know, man, we'll have to get together and see if we start looking alike. I think they're prettier than I am. <laughs> but we should start resembling Him in everything we do. Our actions and everything should be about Him. We got to get this old sinful self out of the way. You know, sometimes these messages can be tough because we know where I'm at. But you know, there's still good news. Jesus is still in control, He's still on the throne, He's still forgiving people, He's still saving souls. That's something to celebrate about. It really is. Because again, we don't know when that last breath's going to be. He's still forgiving people. Isn't he? He's still forgiving people. It's awesome. That's good news. Again, if we, even if you mess up, don't give up. That's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to throw up and wrap up the towel and say, I'm done with this stuff. Oh, Christy hurt my feelings. She didn't send me a birthday text. She did, by the way. That's what I want too. That's what he wants. He wants to infiltrate anything like that. But again, the spiritual maturity that overcomes that stuff. 
If I do hurt her feelings, don't just jump up and run out to church. Let's get together and fix it. People just, they do that stuff all the time. Well, they hurt my feelings at that church. I'll never go back. I had a bad experience at that church. I'll never go back. And I'm sure there's some of that. But mature Christians that love each other like we are supposed to love each other should be able to get past that stuff. Shouldn't they? Amen. If we truly love each other the way the Bible tells us to love each other, that covenant, read it. We get so hung up on, well, the covenant says not to do this, and well, not anymore. Are you doing everything else in that covenant? Are you loving like you're supposed to be loving? Are you teaching your kids how you're supposed to be teaching? You know, we, we rely a lot on Sunday school teachers, and we have great Sunday school teachers. But what are you doing at home? It starts there, right? It starts there. It starts there. But again, going back to that good news, there's still time to accept that free gift of salvation. That's good news. There's still time, even, even the mess that we are, there's still time to fix it. Because you're here. We're still breathing. God's not stood up to come, or Jesus hasn't stood up to come and take us home yet. There's still time to fix it all. That's good news. Jesus still came and died for our sins. That's good news. There's hope. There's so many hopeless people out in the world. In Christ, there's hope. In Christ, there's hope. What's holding you back? What is holding you back from serving Christ with all you got? What's holding you back? Well, I really like this little selfish, sinful, whatever it is. Get rid of it. Ask God to help you. Fall down on your knees and say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I need your help. Get rid of this. And let me fully serve you. Until you can get to that, Satan's messing with you. And he's still going to mess with you. But until you get to that, you're not fully serving God. Well, that's really where I want to get to. That's really where I want to get to. Put off this old sinful self. And put on Christ. That's really what it comes down to. Put on Christ and grow in Him. And grow in Him. So the question for you this morning is, are you growing? Go back to the title. Are you growing in Christ? Or again, are you just spending an hour a week here, listening to my horrible preaching and going about your business? As bad as my preaching can be, the Holy Spirit can reach you. The Holy Spirit can do miracles. But again, if you're a child of God, it should have changed everything. It should have changed everything. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus in the free pardon of sin, He's still forgiving folks. He's still saving souls. If He's talking to your heart this morning, accept Him. Accept that free gift of salvation. And like you've heard so many times, I'm sure you'll probably hear it every week going forward, you'll never ever regret that. You'll never ever regret it. It does get hard being a Christian. It does. I'll be the first to tell you that, but you'll never ever regret it. You'll never regret it. Or if you're here this morning and you are saved, but you put Jesus on the back burner and you're going your direction. Again, you're still here. There's still time to change that. Ask forgiveness and move on. Let Him take the wheel. It's so much better. It's so much better when He's driving. 
I, I used to actually love to drive, but I'm getting to the point where I can't stand. I think my eyes are messed up. But it's so much better when Amanda's driving, even though she scares me to death. It's the same thing. It is so much better when Christ takes the will. You actually give Him the will. Mm-hmm. Things just work out. They just work out. If you get up, isn't it so much better to get up and pray and read and do what you're supposed to do? It makes the rest of the day better. Instead of just going through our motions. Oh, I've got to brush my teeth. Got to shave this way first. Start creating those good habits. Again, not that those other ones are bad. But I've, just, I've committed every morning to go and sit at my desk before work and just pray and talk to God. I've committed to reading my Bible for 30 minutes a day. And praying and meditating. I've, I've committed to being a better father and a better husband and a better pastor. What have you committed to? And again, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail every single one of you. But I'm not going to give up. Amen. I'm not going to stop. Because I know this is what God wants me to do. What's He want you to do? Are you obeying Him? Are you following what He wants you to do? Folks, it's time to grow. It's time to grow. We'll ask y'all to stand. We'll get one verse of the song. I just want to ask that you follow the Lord this morning. If you're here and you need to be saved, we can pray right here. We can pray in the back room. We can pray at your seat. If you're here and you need forgiveness, right here's a wonderful place to come and find it. A wonderful place. As we have one verse of the song.